Hello everyone, you're listening to Mastermind.fm with your hosts James Laws of Ninja Forms fame and Jean Galea of WP Mayor and WP RSS Aggregator. Jean, take it away. Hey everyone, so we've got um, Carl with us today from Canada and we've got Kevin and James from uh, Cleveland and Anton from Malta. There's also me from Barcelona, Spain. So got quite an international panel here. This is a different kind of episode for us. We have a whole panel yeah. of people here now. We have five on the episode. So that's a little different than our normal, uh, our normal show. So yeah. And the topic is WordPress development. Everyone's a developer here except for me and James. At Speak least. for yourself, John. <laughs> I develop all kinds of crap. <laughs> <laughs> James, James does need a giant cowboy hat. Though. I do. I'm a, I'm a terrible, but I need a big pink cowboy hat. I am a terrible yeah. cowboy coder. Anyway. <laughs> it works most of the time. Like 60% of the time it works all the time. <laughs> yes, the classic. Wow. Exactly. So I'd like to start off with like the opening question, which is something... Possibly everybody's heard of this discussion. Like people say and developers say that WordPress is not well coded in terms of standards, you know, ways of doing things. Um, so how do we do, deal with that when developing our own plugins, our own themes, our own websites? And uh, so I guess just an open discussion on how you view WordPress in general and how you view your own development, whether you're frustrated by the lack of standards in WordPress, how do you mitigate that kind of clash that you have there? Well, you just said it, John. Uh, frustrated would be the word for me. And I guess to mitigate it, I, in my free time, I develop and publish standards and implementations and then use it at work. <laughs> yeah, pretty much in one sentence. I, I mean... I yeah, go ahead, Carl. Uh, I mean, for me, uh, as a blogger, I kind of started blogging exactly because of this kind of frustration that, uh, that people have because, um, I, I don't know if I'm, I, I don't usually call myself a WordPress developer, although I'm like, I've been in the community since 2010. Uh, I'm much more of a PHP dev than, uh, than a WordPress dev, but one comment that came up often was you can't do good code with WordPress because <laughs> because it's not properly designed, it's not properly nothing's nothing's well constructed, so therefore I can't do good code. And really the problem is much more of a design issue than than anything else. Like there's a gap that developers struggle with because WordPress is so accessible to developers and they start and that's amazing but if you're trying to grow as a developer that's where like the kind of growing pains come from so a lot of my writing is is to help people stick around and and learn concepts that are much more advanced using wordpress as a backdrop yeah i, I mean i think the, because wordpress does things a certain way that doesn't mean that you have to write your code in a specific fashion, right? Like just because a large chunk of WordPress is is procedural, um, that I mean, your your plugin or whatever you're doing doesn't have to be procedural. Yeah, you're going to hook into WordPress's actions and filters and whatnot as how your how your plugin does what it does. But that that doesn't dictate how how what you do works, right? Like or or how it, or how it's designed or how it's laid out or whatever. 
Um, and, and the biggest issue there, I think, for me is that WordPress is being used by so many different people at so many different skill levels that an event-driven architecture makes more sense for people who are coming to WordPress as new developers, right? And for a lot of PHP developers, uh, an event-driven architecture is not what they're used to, right? And so that kind that can kind of feel weird. Um, someone who's coming at it from maybe more of a JS standpoint maybe makes more sense because that's more of an event-driven language than PHP is. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I find that I, I think event-driven kind of uh, architectures are a bit more popular now uh, since Laravel and Symfony 2 came around. Sure. Um, they, they leverage this kind of event-based architecture for extensions uh, pretty heavily as well. Um, and there's like a certain popularity too with uh, C- CQRS, which is Command Query... Oh my God, I, I forget what the, the acronym's <laughs> for, but but there there are design paradigms that that are really popular right now that are event driven. Yeah. Um, it's just it's the design aspect that's that's really tough for for devs to uh, kind of make the jump with, and they can find it really frustrating, like you said. Do do we think that I I just kind of throw this out there? Is there a does this kind of stigma about WordPress and WordPress development? Is it indicative of, you know, there is actually more bad code in relation to other things? Or is it an issue of WordPress is open source? It has a huge user base. It is, as you said, Carl, extremely accessible. So anybody can start to dabble and get into it and, and frankly, big you know, pick up bad habits as you start to go through this process. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you go to a closed source proprietary system and you may say, well, that thing is so damn well coded, but it's also not a, like nobody else is dabbling with that. So you don't get people coming in green. You're already coming into it super experienced to even get into that into that space. So I just wonder if do other open source projects have a similar issue with this uh, or is it just wordpress or is it just wordpress because of its sheer size i mean yeah go ahead me <laughs> yeah uh, yeah well <clears throat> i think that uh the poor quality in my opinion of wordpress code has nothing to do with the fact that it's open source i have seen lots of open source projects which are very well coded extremely up to standard and uh, i try to provide such implementations myself and size, sure, Symfony size is great. Magento size is great, uh, and Magento is open source. Um, so, I'm completely confident that yeah, it's, I, yeah, yeah, tell me, yes, yes, yeah. I think that I'm sorry. I was gonna say I, I think that a part of that is I think what James was saying is not just the fact that it's open source, but right. the fact that it's used by so many different people and it supports such a wide range of server configurations. I mean, WordPress supports PHP 5.2. I mean, what so you think does that's an Magento advantage? support PHP 5.2. Do you think that's an advantage? Magento definitely does not support PHP 5.2. No, no, I'm not because, saying. I'm not uh, saying. I, I'm not saying that, that, that that's necessarily an advantage. I guess what I'm saying is, does does that the breadth of what WordPress tries to support does that um, limit what WordPress can do? Because you can't do namespacing, right? In 5.2, exactly. like, you can't namespace in WordPress, right? Exactly, and this is the, the thing with WordPress standards. In my opinion, standards are supposed to be, uh, one, they're supposed to be useful. They're supposed to allow you to do things uh, better and faster, uh, not limit you. Um, that's definitely true. And another thing that I would like to say with regard to standards is there is something um, 
there is something called energy state in physics. Like, you know, you can take a piece of wood and you can burn it and you can get energy out of it in the form of heat and you get ash. But you can't burn that ash again and, you know, get the energy uh, once again. So that means that the wood has a more, uh, has a higher energy state than the ash, which makes wood objectively better. So in the same sense, when you spend time into um, developing proper standards, really usable, good standards, you spend time testing your code, testing even interfaces and writing high quality documentation, you know, that, then that is objectively better. So this is somewhere where WordPress, in my opinion, really fails. <laughs> and uh, it's, I don't think it has to do with diversity of the people who write, because like I said, like a symphony, for example, uh, there's, it's a very uh, diverse platform. Or I've been in touch with some guys who are um, uh, part of uh, PHP FIG, Framework and Drop Group, who is behind all the uh, PSR standards. Uh, Matthew Napoli, for example. And uh, I've been in touch with them with regard to um, dependency injection container implementation. They also have a very diverse, uh, I, I can't even say team, you know, for each project, they have a different set of people, who, uh, some different sponsors, different people who are in charge, different people who are implementing. They also accept contributions from everyone. For example, I just, I just went on and I just wrote an implementation and suggested a standard uh, a modification to them and we talked about it. So I, I don't see how the diversity is to blame for the poor quality of code in WordPress. <laughs> Well, um, I guess I was talking about the community as a whole and the developers that are bright, not WordPress specifically. But it sounds to me what you're saying is a lot of WordPress, a lot of bad WordPress developers, if you will, um, or the reason WordPress developers, <laughs> many WordPress developers grow up to be perhaps poor programmers or write poorer than you would like code is because WordPress itself has set the bar to yes. that level, and that's where you think it fails. So that's what you're saying, and I, I get what yeah. you're saying. Um, yeah. yeah, okay. I actually wrote about that a, a while ago because uh, one year, Matt Mullenweg... So I organized WordCamp Montreal for at least, uh, for the last six years, and uh, we used to have an easy time getting Matt Mullenweg to come because he loves the Montreal uh, Jazz Festival. So we'd, <laughs> we, if we timed it for the Jazz Fest, we'd get him to do a town hall. <laughs> Um, and the last town hall he did, uh, a friend of mine uh, named Lucas asked him, like, what could WordPress do to uh, for for younger kids, right? Like that are getting into coding. PHP is not necessarily the coolest language, although that was before Composer. I think it's a very nice language nowadays. And before, but before PHP seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think there, I think it's it's a lot better now. But it but the the point of the matter was that. Uh, I feel that core doesn't really do a good job at teaching you um, how to be mm -hmm. a better programmer. I think that's always a, an option because the people that are going to go look into the core code are obviously much more motivated to, to learn how things work. Um, but just to go back on the, on the topic uh, previously, um, one thing that I, I mention a lot and I don't see talked as much is the fact that WordPress is very old, right? It's an old piece of software, and Indeed. it really fits in the in the term legacy application. So, for people that aren't really too familiar with what a legacy application is, it's usually a, a something that was designed many many years ago, and and basically, uh, as it grows and gets older, there's artifacts, there's problems inherently to uh, the piece of code that that grow with it. Um, and it requires a certain uh, skill set to maintain this this type of application, and 
I really feel like sometimes uh, WordPress core developers struggle a bit with that um, because it, it does require a bit more uh, technical ability. Like it took a very long time before WordPress core, for example, had a test suite, which is pretty fundamental to maintaining such an application because when things are old, it's easy to do a small change and break something elsewhere without new, you being necessarily aware of it. Um, sure. So little Absolutely. things like that um, really kind of make it really hard for WordPress to grow because you can have applications that last a very long time and can reinvent themselves, but it's really hard without having the kind of foundation uh, to allow you to do that. Yeah, I, I think that there's also the fact that WordPress is really old Right, but it's still being it's still powering a large chunk of the web. Absolutely. So, so WordPress core, like you said, you can't you can't refactor WordPress core without a high risk of breaking someone's site, right? And 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 the the people you know the core developers have decided that the main thing that we, that we want to do is maintain compatibility, right? The mm -hmm. goal is the goal is end users. We're not developing for developers. We're developing for users. No, that's and the problem. If those users have a bad experience, then if those users have, if those users sites break, it doesn't matter how good the how right. good the refactor was. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. If you break someone's site for that user, then you've broken everything. Yeah, I. Ryan McHugh, uh, Ryan McHugh made a, he was the lead developer for the, the REST API, did yeah. this really excellent talk at LoopComp this year, um, which promotes a bit what I, I've been talking a bit on the sidelines with, with certain developers, which is we can refactor WordPress. We can keep the value of backwards compatibility. The problem right now is that from Core's perspective, there's no line in the sand that says, Okay, backwards compatibility starts here. For example, I I think that what makes the most sense is any API uh, functions basically are considered uh, you know sacrosanct. You can't you can't change those without really investing heavily in those. But what goes on behind them should be necessarily available to be retaught and things like that. So having that sure. discussion, I think, is important and. I'm really happy that, that Ryan McHugh uh, did this talk because at least it starts the discussion. Um, yeah. And he's well positioned to, to actually have the discussion with the core team being on it uh, himself. Sure. And in the case of Ninja Farms, uh, Kevin, I, you did ARI, right, actually? So do we you did. think that's, it's not something that's doable within the whole WordPress core? I mean, I think it's doable. Like like Carl said, I think if you if you take a lot of care to make sure that you keep those um, entry points compatible, or the entry points receiving and sending the same data in the same format that they were, right? So if you have a procedural function in WordPress, uh, say I don't like a, a get option or set option, right? You can rewrite what's behind that function as long as it receives and returns the same value that the user who the person using it expects. Our experience was we, we broke backwards compatibility on purpose. So we didn't want our users uh, using the same methods for interacting with Ninja Forms. And so we actually broke backwards compatibility um, 
and let our users know a year ahead of time, hey, this is going to change and you're going to need to write to rewrite custom code if you had it if you had it written. And that was a pretty painful experience. So for us, people were not extremely happy about that, um, <laughs> to say the least. But but it was in the best interest of, of our product. It was the, in the best interest of exactly. moving us toward a, toward a JavaScript application rather than just a WordPress plugin. So so we kind of shifted our focus from being a, a plugin to being a JS application. Um when it comes to like WordPress and standards and that kind of stuff, um, I think I, my my PhD supervisor had a, a uh, had a, a little cartoon on his door, and it said, "What's the use in being the world's foremost expert on a subject no one cares about?" Right, and that's sort of how I feel about refactoring and um, getting code out there. Is I I think we should absolutely code to standards. But if coding the standards means that I don't launch my product or that I'm not developing for the user anymore, then that's where I think if there's a conflict between this isn't written to coding standards and it's not usable by a user, the the user should win. Does that make sense? Like like I'm mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not for coding standards for the sake of coding standards because I think that's silly. But WordPress is. I, <laughs> which is why which is why our plugin isn't developed the wordpress way yeah <laughs> um, but but i think there is some truth to that right it's it's not even just like co- yeah coding standards for coding standards but it's it's the idea that usability wins out and generally speaking those things shouldn't be in conflict right but sometimes with legacy code to your point Carl earlier that WordPress is a legacy application in in, in so many ways sometimes we ditch the new fancy refactor because it, usability would fail in the process like mm-hmm. that would that that process would break down and since the u if nobody's using wordpress then it doesn't matter if we refactor or don't refactor but it does but they are using it and so it does matter it's super important yeah that's why it's 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 a tricky conversation to have without a doubt but mm-hmm. i think I think for the health of the platform uh, in the long run, it's going to have to happen. And again, that's why I'm very thankful for, for Ryan uh, for, sure. ha- for kind of at least putting it out there uh, that this is a discussion that, that we should have uh, sure. eventually. Um, because I, again, I, I have nothing against the principle of backwards compatibility. I think that is that has been extremely good for the platform. It's been extremely good for people trying to learn uh, WordPress because you can find old articles and you can be almost guaranteed that whatever was in that article, even if it was in 2010, will (laughs) most likely work, which is amazing. Uh, But at the same time, I think you can do, you can hold on to your values and still put a line kind of in the sand and be, okay, well, up to this point, this is sacrosanct, and then, and then what's going on behind it is is up for uh, for sure. improvement. And obviously, I think that'll happen. And now that they have a testing suite, again, th- this is why the testing suite is so important. Because if you arrive and you say, "I'm going to change what's going on uh, behind behind the scenes." Uh, 
that's the testing suite that's going to tell you if if you actually made a mistake somewhere or you didn't think of all the cause and effects right on on such a large platform thank you Carl. Yeah. this is this is a, a very good point but only if you're programming against the api uh, problem with wordpress is that it has been missing so many standards and coding features sort of architectural features mm -hmm. that we take for granted in many other things that developers tend to develop hacks because it's not possible to do something in any other way and so you know they're like I'm pretty sure in WPRA, in in WPRSS aggregator, um, there are a, a few hacks that you know only this way was it possible to do things, not through the API. So that line in the sand, like you said, Carl, is is very difficult to draw, even even with a test suite. Uh, mm -hmm. You know. <laughs> well, no and one said it wasn't a jagged line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A straight line. Again, sure. that's why that's why I I I talk a lot about discussion because yeah. obviously. It's something that needs to be discussed. Um, and I think we'll see where it goes. But again, I think it only it can only happen if people start talking about it. So yeah. that's why. But what the right course of action, I don't I wouldn't pretend uh, to know. Um, yeah, I this is my educated guess. Obviously, uh, I'm sure the core team has their their own opinion on where that line could be or if there should be a line. But I feel like for the health of the platform, it's good to have this discussion because it's not it's not taught about enough that you're dealing with something that's old. Usually like if somebody's telling you like, oh, this piece of software is like 15 years old, you're, you're gonna expect that things are much more complicated to do with it uh, in the long run. Yeah. I think there's a problem also, like um, Kevin mentioned that you shouldn't always do necessarily things the WordPress way. But then when you have um, young or maybe beginner developers trying to find a reference point, it's very hard to find. Like when I started out with WordPress, I could just look up the tutorials and everything would be doing the same thing basically. So it would be easy for me to catch up and see how to build stuff. If I had to do it nowadays, I would be really lost because I'd find the WordPress core way and then I'd find maybe your blog card, and then I'd have probably a discussion with Anton, who will tell me something yeah, totally yeah, different. Anton. So I was like, what to do there? <laughs> yeah. Which one? What are the sources I should be looking at? Yeah. You should be looking I mean, at PHP the right way. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. sorry. I, I, I just, go ahead. Um, I don't pretend that what I, I, I write is, is meant to be uh, the way to do things. It's just really, I started my blog really one I wanted to teach more advanced concepts and two I was just always on these Facebook groups and there and you'd have that one person chiming in that's like you can't do that with WordPress and I'm like I just wanted to be like no listen here I did it yes here's a de here's a de detailed article on how to do it and it it kind of the niche kind of started there because every time I have a discussion about uh, blogging people are like why did you pick that? I'm like, it, basically I picked up a, a spot in a forest where there was like nothing. And I just picked my tent there. And then I started <laughs> kind of blogging in that area and it kind of grew it, it grows. It's very slow, obviously, because I, I joke that I'm a niche within a niche within a niche. But, <laughs> but the point of the matter is that there are people, there are developers out there that are all, that are interested in knowing what to do. Um, Sometimes it's just because they, they went and did some Laravel or Magento or Symphony like myself. And they're just like, 
I wish I could do something nice, kind of like, kind of like the code that I enjoy doing with with those frameworks. Well, you but can. I still work with WordPress, and that's kind of how I do it. Um, and that's kind of how it came to be. I think one of my points has been for for a few years now that it is possible to code with WordPress the right way, mostly because, as I think James said. Um, that you don't have to you don't have to abide by the standard but another problem like you said on on these uh, groups uh, where people ask questions uh, sometimes when uh, somebody asks such a question other people they don't say you can't but they say you shouldn't do things this way because codex right. and that, that for me is very discouraging and very wrong a very wrong thing to do you know like on co codex there are some standards such as i think we this is a very topical discussion about translations. There are some really, in my opinion, ridiculous recommendations uh, about translations. For example, the fact that you have to include the uh, text domain literal in every get text call. Wow, <laughs> you know. So, uh, in fact, right now I'm writing a standard that will make this that will make it possible to not use it. And I have proven by tweaking PO Edit that you can use your own translating functions that do some mapping in the background that maybe have a default text domain. That in my case, for example, they do parameter um, placeholder substitution in the back, you know, in Sprintf uh, family of functions. So yeah, uh, I, I see that the WordPress community is. I, I can't say, you know, uh, all WordPress developers, but many of them, they discourage other developers to try and do things the right way. And, wow, it's sad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think some of that comes back to that legacy, that legacy application stuff, right? Like, so the text, the text domain issue that you're talking about with translation, right? Uh, Otto or Samuel Wood is the is the one who constantly will say, you know, that can't be like a lot of people will load that up with a variable and be like, that just seems easier that way. I don't have to remember it. It can be more dynamic. And yeah. he's like, you can't do that. That has to be a string. Here is why. Now you're saying that that you have you you've come up with a a different solution for that, which is awesome right but it's not in wordpress so if you are only interfacing with wordpress and you're not creating a custom solution for that no you, no you, it's problematic no 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 uh, the the text domain the text domain is not um, used anywhere in the get text I mean, translations right. it's not used anywhere at all <laughs> because you load a text domain uh, the translation file by text domain so the only thing you have to do is you have to tell WordPress where this translation has to be coming from when you're scanning these calls there's nothing that's referencing the text domain so there's no need to include the literal sure I, and I will of course just take your word for it because oh, no, I don't. wear a big pink cowboy hat go and see <laughs> <laughs> I think we I think we all we we all have to a certain extent uh, wore the the pink cow cowboy hat. I mean, <laughs> I I still do it sometimes. It's it it really depends again with the type of workflow that you you have. Actually, I'm I'm talking in Miami about automated deployment. So if you can do automated deployment, you don't need to do necessarily cowboy coding. But if you have a kind of convoluted FTP files <laughs> right. over. Drag and drop, drag and drop, drag and drop, and transmit. Um, it, it can be it can be tempted to just uh, go on the server and make a couple of changes to see uh, if things work or whatnot. So I can definitely <laughs> I can definitely empathize with people cowboy coding with WordPress. It, sometimes you don't have a choice. 
Well, it's terrible because like our main website, ninjaforms.com, I I I pushed live changes like just randomly because, you know, like in Sublime, I use some keyboard shortcut, which is basically save and upload. So I do my <laughs> change and I just throw it Oops. up there. And if it crashes, <laughs> I reverse it and re-upload the file. Man, that's I, absolutely true. No, that I mean, it is like because when I'm in a hurry and I'm like, I just want to I want to make an adjustment here. I don't want to go through some sort of whole process and deployment. And I just I just want to grab the file, make the change and see if it worked. Um, so I, I am. I'm notorious for that. Yeah. But um that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I try. I try to be better about it. But again, it really depends on the context. Sometimes it's just like, oh, my God, I, I really need to just test this right now. And then you, you can't help yourself. I'm not too yeah. proud of it. But well, I think I think it depends on the degree, like the, the amount like you, you have a lot of that stuff in place. And if, if development were my primary thing like i i am primarily a developer i probably would do a lot less of that because right. i would set up the, the space to make it easier for me to do all of that right. but because that's not it's like i i'm a developer for like 30 minutes a week and so <laughs> that's that's about and i don't have time to worry about anything else yes. james's most famous statement is it's just a css change <laughs> um, famous last words yes yeah exactly exactly <laughs> That's fair. I just pushed that to master. It's just it's just a CSS change. I have finally started submitting pull requests instead of just automatically pushing, push it, pushing it yeah. to master. <laughs> they have they have gotten that bad habit out That's of me. That's true. It took a while, but yeah. <laughs> Had the same thing in our team as well. <laughs> yeah. Do we see a stage where I mean, right now, I mean, WordPress is. I mean, there is a lot of talk about the future of WordPress and how WordPress is going to change. And we know, right, that we need to have the conversation of how to, and Carl, I think you're right. Like the conversation has to take place. How, what needs to be refactored? How does it really need to be refactored? How do we modernize this? How do we make it more efficient? How do we make it uh, the app that we all know it can be, the application that we all know is, is, is has the potential of, of being? And we know it's a slow process. I think we would all agree it doesn't can't happen overnight. We can't just make that decision and refactor everything and, you know, just, Right. Hope that we It'll don't take a crack few major break. versions. Probably WordPress is a is a big big ship. It's a big and ship. Big ships ships turn. turn very slowly. <laughs> but yeah. is there does there come a point, especially when we talk about things like uh, Calypso and you know Matt Mullenweg talking about learning JavaScript deeply, and it's obvious it's obvious that their push right is that the admin become a JavaScript application. Right. That's that's the direction that they want to go. Does there come a point? Because especially when we start having more and more headless, if you will, um, interfaces for for WordPress. Good job. Thank you. I, I every once in a while I can throw out a term that actually makes you, sense. You listen to me. That makes that makes me feel good that you listen. You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, so does does there come a point where we talk about the WordPress way all the time? But does there come a point where that that line that we've talked about becomes so gray and so ambiguous? Right. That there is no definitive WordPress way. It is just right. I good think, programming. I think the bigger question <laughs> is at that point, what am WordPress? Right? Like, yeah. If WordPress is a headless CMS and it's just a way to interact with a database, it's it's a database layer. And yeah. What, sure. What makes it WordPress? But that's an interesting discussion again because we talk so much about backwards compatibility, but this entire JavaScript push is kind of an antithesis to this this focus on on backwards compatibility and making Absolutely. sure that uh, so I always find it it's interesting because 
I actually what I'm I'm less of this opinion, but initially with with the initial uh, kind of interest in the REST API, I thought they were going to circumvent the entire legacy application, slap a REST API on top of it, and it just kind of keep building uh, on top of it in JavaScript and just kind of it's 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 a basically a REST API to a data source, and and that's that's kind of what it is, but. It hasn't picked up to the the extent that Matt Mullenweg uh, thought it would, and just the, the the entire struggle of getting the REST API into core um, kind of shows that. But also, like, how do you? There are plenty of questions that are not answered. Like, how do I develop a plugin, a team that's purely REST API based? Um, mm-hmm. How right. do I maintain this this backwards compatibility? What are their thoughts on the backwards compatibility right. with the with those things? Um, are all discussions that they didn't have either. So it's, right. uh, I think it's Absolutely. very interesting to, to see what they think about it because, yeah, Calypso is something they built on top that they maintain, right. but they don't uh, owe it to the WordPress community to maintain any sort of backwards compatibility in Calypso uh, right. the same way that they do with the rest of WordPress, for example. So I think it's an interesting discussion that we haven't had yet, but that kind of highlights also this dynamic this this pull with the the javascript side with the kind of legacy or the way that they did things before um and what they think about that or what the long-term aspect i don't know uh, yeah that's another interesting discussion i really like you you had jason cohen a couple of couple of mm-hmm. episodes ago but uh he he had posted a I think it was a two years ago, like the need for a roadmap for the rest of the community. Like what is, what is automatic thinking uh, right. about WordPress in the long term, just so that we kind of know. And JavaScript is a good example of that because it doesn't follow necessarily the same rules as the PHP side does, but they're putting a lot of emphasis on it. Yeah, one of the things that we've noticed in moving Ninja Forms from primarily a PHP, you know, traditional WordPress admin application to a mostly JS application um, is the amount of our developers, not internally, but the developers who build collaborating projects with us, who sell things in our marketplace. We've had a lot of education um, to do with them because they're coming from a PHP perspective, and the idea of state—it just, just, just the idea of state, nothing else, you know, about JS development, but the idea of state um, can be very tricky uh, for someone who's worked in a PHP stateless environment, you know, for all of their development, and and who's not necessarily a classically trained, you know, who's a self-taught developer. That can be tricky, so. WordPress moving to, to JavaScript, um, I think you're going to, you know, there's a lot of education to be done there, which is what Matt was saying, like two, two states of the words in a row now, right, <laughs> have been learned JavaScript, and that's been the, the commandment, if you will. Um, but if you look at the way they built Calypso, they built it like it was re- like PHP. The reason that they chose React is that React is like PHP. It's cowboy. It's, hey, I've got, look at me. I got all my, all my views in my, P- in my functions. There's an inline inline view. There's no <laughs> templates. It's just there's no templates. It's just hey, here's a function that spits out a temp, you know, spits out HTML, and that rubs me all kinds of the wrong way as a developer because there's no separation of concerns there at all. Um, but but it's like PHP, and it's a lot easier to teach a PHP developer React 
than it is an MVC framework, right? Well, so how is that? There are so many MVC frameworks in PHP, um, and it, it's it, a lot easier. If I can, I'd argue there's even well. more in JavaScript. Right, but but Matt's, <laughs> Matt's words were that React were, was the easiest for their team to pick up. And it was the easiest for their PHP developers who were who were writing programmatic or um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for procedural. Uh, procedural thank you, yeah. writing uh, procedural code to pick up React because that's how React feels. Mm -hmm. React can feel differently. I mean, if I can write good standard PSR standards compliant code in WordPress, I'm pretty sure you can do really good development with React. I think it's more about how you program uh, instead of which framework, sorry, which framework you're using. Uh, and uh, one point about a framework that I would like to make is I think one of the problems with WordPress legacy, in fact, is uh, the, the fact that WordPress 1 did not use any framework. Recently, I had a conversation about this in the comments of Advanced uh, WordPress Facebook group. And there was a person asking me, where, what, what kind of frameworks were there at that time? And I realized that at about that year, there were a few frameworks released. So, you know, you can do good or you can choose to be cowboy. And sometimes, as in the case of WordPress, your cowboyish behavior can turn out to be very bad legacy code 10 years down the line. So program well now. And then the rest will come later. If if uh, the WordPress core team were to solve the problems with the PHP backend, then there would be people, many people, who would be developing all kinds of JavaScript frontends and admins automatically just because it's cool, just because it's easy to use PHP in this way as a backend. But it, the problems are there, and therefore it, this brings even more problems. Why why create a JavaScript? Uh, um, a back-end application, like sort of an admin, you know, there are inherent problems inside. Um, this is just redirecting developer attention elsewhere, which doesn't really matter that that much to people who, you know, code for WordPress for a living. It's unbelievable, <laughs> I think. Yeah, and I mean, it's interesting too, because their lifetime for using, I mean, there's a lot, for, for example, there's a lot of backbone still left in, in WordPress and Backbone isn't really popular anymore. Well, that's a that's a problem with the JavaScript side of things. I don't know what you you decided to use with Ninja Forms for. We we decided to use to use Backbone and and we use Marionette on top of Backbone for handling the things that Backbone isn't really good at. Mm hmm. Because but, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say that the, the main reason was that we were shipping uh, with WordPress and with Backbone, we can use the, the libraries that ship with WordPress. So we can use underscore and Backbone libraries that ship with WordPress, which makes it uh, it less likely that we're going to ha hit a, a, a plug-in conflict um, with you know mm -hmm. different versions of Backbone or underscore or whichever library that we, that we chose to use. Um, I, I also liked the fact that... Um, for me, JavaScript libraries and frameworks come out every day. So every yeah. day there's a new framework. And oh my I, goodness. I, I could have a rant. <laughs> I, don't, I don't look at Backbone. Just because Backbone is old, to me, Backbone is stable. And it's good at, at what it's good at. You know what I mean? It, it, it's not going to break tomorrow. Um, and if you, if you develop it properly... Um, it, it's going to be just as serviceable, if not as fast at re-rendering as React, which is what Anton was saying, right? Like you can take any library pretty much, 
and and just because you chose backbone doesn't mean you can't have good code in backbone and it doesn't mean that backbone is terrible it just means it's stable right like yeah. i i like that that that's not a downside to me that's a plus because i don't have to worry about like react facebook deciding actually we want react to do this and yeah. then react changes and then your app is you know what do you do yeah if, or if you were using angular uh the if you're like you are doing Angular one app, and basically <laughs> Google exactly. came to you and said, uh, you know, Angular two, no backwards compatibility, and uh, good luck. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of in the kind of camp that's still in the wait and see of JavaScript. I, I, I have my own opinions. I, I think JavaScript is good for a lot of use cases, but Right now, it's used for kind of everything. Um, Node.js? You're not a fan of Node.js? <laughs> I mean, like, I, like, I like use... Like JS everywhere? Just write your JS for the server and the front end? The server and the front end. I mean, I have no problems if you decide to do it, but um, but it's just I look at, at the community and how fast things are moving, and it doesn't make me want to kind of get involved. Again, because I'm sure every... Every developer here has been burned by getting on a hype train of some sure. sort for, for, for technology. And I, my, my philosophy now is kind of wait and see, wait. Like, if anything, I think Node is probably the most stable thing about JavaScript uh, in terms of tools that's been around forever, that everybody loves, that there's active development for. Um, right. But... but the front end frameworks. There's a new one every other week. There's a new one yeah. every other week, and mm -hmm. there's new. And sometimes there's an absurdity too to the whole uh, workflow around JavaScript as well. Um, I'd, I'd have to find a tweet, but it was just like, oh, how, what you need to get working with JavaScript is just you need 15 libraries, transcompilers. Uh, adapters because you want to code for ES6, but you need Babel to basically translate for the other <laughs> developers, and right. it's and you, you end up in kind of this this nightmare scenario. And um, it's part of the reason why I migrated um, this tool from Ruby called TurboLinks, which is basically a small JavaScript library that lets you kind of render fetch HTML in the background and just replace it in the DOM. And I'm like. This is good enough for me. It makes the right. thing look super fast, and I, I'm like, right. "This is good enough for now." Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but talking with a lot of plugin developers uh, like yourself, I find that the use case for the admin is really strong. Like, yeah, most of the ones that that want to use it is for doing admin operations where we're stuck with the settings API, which is probably the worst API in all of WordPress. Uh, <laughs> but to be fair, to be fair, it's really hard to do forms. Um, yeah. I think forms is probably one of the, I mean, that's why there's a lot of forms plugins, like exactly. not Ninja yeah. forms, because forms is actually, I think one of the most complicated uh, problems mm -hmm. just for frameworks to solve in general. Um, like, for example, the guy that did uh, Symphony Forms wrote his master's thesis on it. Right. Because it, <laughs> they're complicated problems. Yeah. All the validation yeah. and all that stuff is, yeah, is all very, compli is very complicated. Yeah. And, and for us, you know, we, we wanted uh, a, a, an admin experience 
that felt that didn't feel out of place in the WordPress admin, but that does not look like the WordPress admin. Like if you pull up Ninja Forms in the admin, it takes over the whole screen and you don't see WordPress at all. Um, and that was sort of that was sort of on, on purpose, right? Because our goal is you're working with forms right now and we just want your attention here. Just think about your forms for a minute. <laughs> and then when you're done, you can go back to your admin and do and do whatever. Do all the other you know. stuff. Right, exactly. Um, and, and so I think that when you're making that decision to say, hey, I want to use this library or not, I think you just have to have a reason for it, right? Like, 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 don't pick a library just because that's what's popular. Like, think about all your options, weigh your options, and then make your decision. It, it's, it, you know. So thinking about uh, just on this topic, this is very interesting because I just realized maybe what if WordPress was one of these frameworks that was a hype and then some people jumped on it and, you know, they, there are more, much more uh, thought through standards and frameworks and engines, but WordPress was the one people jumped on, you know, and for many people it's not working so well in the long run because of, you know, the failure to comply with some good standards, failure to provide some good features. <laughs> Don't you think that's an interesting perspective, at least? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, they, they've gotten twenty five percent of the internet on board or more, so they've they've done a pretty good job at that. It's one kind of metric, you know. It's I, I sure, sure. No, I don't. I I mean, I don't. I don't necessarily disagree with you um, at all. But you know, I I don't. I don't know enough about other. Um, spaces to know, for example, if they're large enough to support five major forms companies, right? Like, like, like we aren't the biggest form builder in WordPress, and we still have eight employees and James and myself that are supported through that. I, and that there are four or five other WordPress form builders that have the same amount of... Well, there are hundreds of form builders, right. but I, we at least know of five that support teams and right. like whole companies that are so running It's not just that, that metric, right? Like I don't know how many in, in other frameworks or other... Um, uh, libraries. I don't know how many how many companies those things support. Well, I don't or know how that many have the same business fo- uh, or same business model, basically. That because a lot of it is open source elsewhere, right? It's just like right. oh, you. It's not about having a forms plugin. It's about which forms library to use, and that's it. And right. It's again the, the product too is not there, which is nice. Uh, with WordPress, right? You can build... Well, that's nice for me because I like my yeah. job. <laughs> you know, I've, I've been quite removed from Magento for some for a long period of time now. But from what I remember about Magento development is that um, the, the approach of Magento, of uh, Varian themselves, to developing their platform, it's kind of... I saw much more orientation towards, uh, towards companies that would write big, expensive, enterprise-grade plugins so that they can then maintain it, so that they have a good infrastructure for development, and they can grow their big business on top of that. I don't know about Forms plugins, but I can tell you that Varia definitely cares so much more about companies and enterprise who develop, you know, for that platform. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's it's obviously different, and, and, and Magento, obviously Magento and, and WordPress is kind of apples and oranges in the sense that, uh, you know, WordPress is specifically right, or at least Matt has made his made it very clear. He's he's generally not in favor of plugins like premium selling plugins. He's generally not in favor of that. He seems to have uh, 
be he seems to be okay in the theme space with that but he is he's been pretty vocal about not being a advocate of business of like businesses on wordpress yes but but only specific types of businesses well that's no longer so free eh? <laughs> although there's something to be said about like the enterprise market um that's sure. obviously going to be one area of growth for them at this point um mm-hmm. making sure that uh wordpress is is a cool tool for and this is a I know we're we're slowly running out of time, but that brings me to another topic that I really like is should WordPress have a LTS version, which basically is called a is what we call a long term support for version, which for a lot of frameworks, there uh, you can be a developer. Let's say I develop on WordPress four point four, and Automatic is going to guarantee me that I will get security updates for WordPress four point four for the next six years or something like that, that is the way for them to refactor yeah that's a way also but it's it's definitely i worked um i mostly did agent now i'm on my own but before that i did a lot of agency work for enterprise and i can tell you that it's a very important thing for enterprise because enterprise does not necessarily work or move as fast right or are willing to spend whatever you can't come to them and say oh by the way there's a security update the rest api is a completely leak a complete leaky bucket right now you need to upgrade and they they won't necessarily be receptive to that they'll be like why can't i just stay on this version i don't want to pay for this um so this ability to stay on the on a specific version i think is is very interesting all the most major frameworks now offer something like that, um, similar to also Linux distributions that offer that. And it offers a kind of level of stability uh, for development and for uh, the clients. So I think sure. that's sure. also an interesting uh, conversation as well for, for them for growth. Yeah, that's, that, that's why lots of company intranets still use like Internet Explorer 5, right? That's yeah, why IE510 is still still being used. <laughs> yeah. I think that the struggle there is a little bit with the idea of automatic, right? Like you said something interesting, right? That automatic will guarantee, you know, WordPress 4. Point whatever. And and as as we know, right, WordPress.org isn't automatic. Well, I mean, all right, WordPress.org is owned by Matt and he can do whatever he wants with it. But the WordPress.org, the product, right, is a community driven product, but only heavily leveraged and guided and steered by automatic. Right. And so there's but a struggle. Most core there. developers are like most 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 uh, core committers are automatic uh, automaticians. Sure, sure. Um, and it, it, it obviously also like that kind of sh- discussion, uh, that's a nu- for another time, but whether <laughs> there should be a kind of disconnect too within automatic versus should there be a foundation or, or something more formal uh, to manage the project. But I think they obviously they have business interests in, sure, in certainly. maintaining that. But I, I still think that um, it's an interesting discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, the the kind of enterprise, what are the the enterprise kind of features that they need if they want to continue kind of in their growth aspect uh, of reaching fifty percent? 
um, wow. which is important to them. Right. And it's a separation of the idea of what if we do this and should we do this versus how do we do this? Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, Magenta has an interesting yeah. way of doing this. They have two versions. They actually, they literally have an enterprise version that costs over $10,000 and they have a community version which they test all their changes, their bug fixes, their new features in, you know, for free. Mm-hmm. Why not? <laughs> and also the semantic Because I, the semantic because I don't want to pay $10,000 for enterprise WordPress. No. <laughs> and also this, the semantic and it versioning scheme. kind of distorts scheme, to the, the value. I was going to say that Semver, it, in itself, this versioning scheme is in itself a sort of a LTS guarantee. It, it, does, it has no mention of time frame, but you know that... Uh, BC won't break if you don't upgrade the major version. You know it. Otherwise, it's not somewhere, you know? So, right. actually, there are ways of doing this gradually, as long as uh, there is a desire to do that. Uh, but there's a problem. There is indeed, uh, like you said, Carl, there is indeed discussion. But there is there are so many such discussions and so many problems, and I don't see uh, solutions to many of them, such as with the dependency injection, for example. There is a large thread uh, open about a dependency injection, and uh, I even contributed um, a little bit on that. But let's say that uh, a DI container implementation is in WordPress. Great, and they will provide some kind of API for it. But they would have to refactor their own code to use DI, otherwise it would be just stupid. Uh, would they do it? I guess not, because that leads to BC break. So everything is against this this wall. I <laughs> I honestly don't yeah. see a method. You know? I mean, I I'd be just happy. I mean, the the ticket that I was very interested in was uh, just to get an auto loader in. Yeah, um, why not? And and that one got uh, sidetracked, trolled. Uh, it was a bit <laughs> of a. I, it started off really good, and then it it didn't go so good. I think they're still thinking. I think they're formally kind of doing the process now, but it's it's very it's tough, right? Like a DI container, I agree, uh, but also DI container is only so useful as long as you have kind of classes to kind of use properly with it. Um, and that's another challenge in itself. So so it's kind of for now, I'd be just happy with an autoloader. I think just the autoloader kind of acknowledges, okay, uh, you know, here's where PHP's at. Um, here's a small step that we can do to get to just a bit further ahead. Obviously, I, I definitely do not expect us to catch up to the rest of PHP uh, that quickly, but it's one of those kind of landmark features of modern PHP that every plugin has to kind of do themselves, which is not, it's, it's not very complicated to do. It's about right. 10, 10, 15 lines of code, but it's just, it's just this aspect of, of modernism that is kind of missing uh, and that would yes. be nice. Indeed, like you said, it's extremely easy. With Composer, it'll generate a class map for you by scanning your code. You don't even need a scheme. Mm-hmm. And yet it's not there, you know? <laughs> Yeah, but then this is a talk about Composer, which is a, a totally different avenue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm, I think Composer and WordPress is a bit of a stretch at this point in time. Um, but an, just having the autoloader would be already a good first step. And 
like I said, having the discussion around where do we feel about backwards compatibility? Where do we draw the line? Um, how do we kind of revamp things behind the scenes? Um, and that can lead to the dependency injection container uh, that you were talking about because, again, it's nice to have, it's kind of like having this awesome Ferrari chassis and then underneath you have like a Beatles motor and <laughs> and, 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 and it, it looks nice and you think, oh, we have this really fancy feature but really, we have nothing to leverage it on. Um, but y like you said, you know, this is a this just means that this is a complex problem, and absolutely. complex problems of this kind you just don't do without DI. You know, that's so, true. That's true. I I could argue you could argue pretty solidly that you need it before you even attempt to start. Exactly. Um, and, and here. Here's the struggle, though, right? So we're we're having this conversation about all of these things that need to be done in WordPress. Like WordPress needs a lot of love and attention in all of these areas. And uh, you know, Anton, you you are advocating that we need to start making these changes and start moving moving forward the, forward with some of this stuff. And and Carl, you're saying this we need conversations around this. And I think in a lot in a, in a roundabout way, right? Like some of these conversations are taking place. Um, now we don't always know where these conversations are taking place. Some of them are in Slack in the WordPress Slack group. Uh, there are conversations I'm sure behind closed doors to which we do not have access to. Um, there, th these conversations are happening. How do we move this along as a community? Cause what we know, right? What we know is WordPress is it is right. The core, con the core committers are heavily leaning towards, uh, automa as automatic employees mostly. So we know automatic is a major driver to solving some of these problems. But we know we have this community of developers of you know hundreds if not thousands of developers that develop upon WordPress. How do we how do we impact change in a product that we seemingly don't have much control? Because they will tell you, and we will all say this, right? Well, submit a track ticket and be active and find somebody to, to champion your thing. But we know that doesn't work, actually. Like, that doesn't actually happen. And you can go to Slack and you get into a group and you can have a conversation and you can pitch a good idea. And it, because of so many, because of the red tape and the, all of this stuff, it doesn't happen. How do we make it happen? Like, how do we actually push this project forward? <laughs> if I may, just just a short word before Carl. Um, actually, I was thinking about it for a couple of days already, and I came to the conclusion that probably the best way to do this would be for third-party developers to write extensions that would allow or structureize certain things. Like, for example, I do with um, a recently released library WP Events, which uses which um, wraps a PSR standard around the WordPress event uh, event system and makes it standards compliant. The problem is that the plugin repository specifically does not allow framework plugins. The plugin must have some kind of user functionality for it to be allowed. So if they do that, they'll suddenly, if they, if they um, relieve this, if they remove this point, suddenly they'll have uh, like a bunch of developers who are trying to develop extensions which could solve their problems for them. DI container implementation, Magento compatibility, this and that. That's one of the ways, I think. I mean, I don't have, me personally, I don't have a, a, a that good of an answer. Uh, I feel that um, there's, a, you need a very thick skin and a, a dedication that most developers aren't willing to put themselves through. Like, I just look at what Ryan McHugh went through to, to get 
the Rust API in. Um, and yeah, that was pretty uh, my hairy. friend, my friend Alain, who's the one that's championing the the auto loader uh, in WordPress, um, they they're willing to go through a lot of abuse that I'm just. I, I will flat out tell you, I am not willing to go through this kind of abuse in, sure. in track. And, and I've been, been told since 2011 to, to basically, uh, you know, get involved and, and put tickets in track. And the few tickets that I have put in have been passive aggressively closed or other things. Jean, Jean, remember this, please. And, <laughs> and it's just not, it's, it doesn't make me want to, um, get myself involved, which is also another discussion, really. Uh, yeah, that's about a whole it. big uh, thing. Yeah, but that's why. But I still want to. Again, I love this community. Like, sure, absolutely. I, 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 I say it all the time. Like, I could just leave and go do PHP stuff elsewhere, and I'd be very happy doing code with modern PHP and things like that. And I might be very happy. But I love this community. I think that's mm-hmm. probably the big, biggest thing that this this thing WordPress has going for it is the community. So my way of giving back is again, to, to write a lot, to just share the knowledge, share the knowledge. And then if somebody wants to get involved and and push this through, um, I'm, and I don't mind helping out and, and being a reference and things like that, but it's just, I'm not willing to, to get this emotionally invested in the, in the whole track process. Um, because it, it it's ripe for abuse sometimes and it's just not yeah. a pleasant experience that um and like Anton said, like it you go and that's a very distinctive WordPress thing. For all the greatest of the, the community, the you can go to Symphony or Magento or Laravel and start a ticket and it'll get merged like it won't take years. Right, right. It won't take years. It won't take years. They might close it and say, no, this doesn't work. We don't agree or things like that. But it it feels like you can actually impact something. Right. Um, you feel like you get a response in a, in a time frame, even if that response is, no, we don't like no. this because of X, Y, Z. Yeah, but it'll make sense. Like you can... Right, that's what obviously, I mean. Yeah. Obviously, you'll have more... Uh, more, more uh, controversial tickets but but in general like if somebody comes in with with something really solid that fits within the mold um people are excited they want to they're not you're you don't feel like you're pushing against the grain um and things like that which obviously makes contributing to wordpress uh different uh, right. at least for me as an as a more advanced developer as i'm a uh, developer i'm sure anton feels the same way too uh, just seeing him nod. Uh, it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just. I I know a lot of, of of people that have contributed to WordPress, but but people that want to contribute like significant kind of developer focused uh, enhancements uh, are f- much further in between and yeah. mm-hmm. have a much thicker skin than uh, I'm willing to put myself through uh, to get it done. I'd rather just write and be there on my little corner yeah, yeah uh, I agree about with Carl. It. you know many people <laughs> ask me why don't i contribute uh, more and i will just refer them to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you completely carl i think that the way that um 
the the and and I think Anton was was sort of saying the same thing. The way that we we combat that and the way that we we sort of fix that in the long term is by helping new developers learn the right way to do things, even if it's not the way that WordPress core does them, right? Like Anton was was speaking about um, creating uh, framework plugins that sort of do that for them. And I think the biggest benefit for, of that, obviously, isn't necessarily the use case of it, but so that new developers could see that and and learn from and, and and learn from that example, right? Or writing blogs so that new developers, people coming into WordPress, um, are are exposed to something that they might not have been exposed to if they haven't been classically trained as developers, right? Like if you haven't, if you don't have a classical development training, like a university training or some kind of structured training, um, it can be difficult to wrap your mind around these concepts because they're new to you. Because you just sat down, and you copied and pasted this you know, 5,000 times. And now you know how this works because you copy pasted it five times. Yeah. Um, there's a difference between that and actual... That, that's not how that actually works? There's a difference between... <laughs> what's, what's dependency I've actually injection? written an article I have no exactly freaking clue. on this, on, on exactly Injecting this topic. Yeah, yeah so, 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 so I agree with you. I, I think that that's the way... That's the way... Uh, ultimately, like, right, in term... In term, that's not a word. In game, long term... Uh, that's how you fix. That's how you solve the ultimate problem: is developer knowledge, because once the developers have that knowledge, they're going to start uh, putting more pressure on on WordPress core to to build with uh, with standard compliant uh, components. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah I hope, absolutely. I hope it makes sense because it's the same thing you guys said. <laughs> you just said it more confusing. <laughs> Thank you. But like you, you also said initially, like. Uh, the, the goal of WordPress isn't to make it developer-friendly. It's to just uh, be easy to use. So it's it's kind of a, this hard balance because in the same way, you could say that about the iOS, for example, uh, right. ecosystem, right? Like a iOS is great because it's easy to use, but it still depends on the developers being around to build the apps right. um, and the plugins. So plugin developers such as yourself are also what makes uh, the echo. So it's a, there's a balance too to be, to be struck yeah. there, right? You, you want to keep your developers uh, focused, uh, in, interested in the platform. Um, obviously for monetary reasons, it's very lucrative to, to be here uh, in WordPress. As you, could, as you said, I think there's nothing that says it better than what you said earlier, that WordPress can support five major uh, Forms plugin is amazing, yeah. um, and obviously from a financial standpoint, it's very uh, interesting for developers to be around. But we're developers; we we also want to be challenged. Yeah, so it's, absolutely. So it's striking this balance, which is tricky. But I think just for the long term health of WordPress, I think it it's it's good. And Anton, you made me think of something. Um, of the frameworks and things like that, there is Roots. So Roots uh, yeah. is kind of a, a group of, and there's a team framework and and uh, a couple of tools. And they're basically, no, we're going to go with modern developer practices and we're going to kind of scaffold it on top of, we're, we're going to scaffold WordPress on top of it and then you can develop with, with that. Uh, but it's not standard, but it's a way to do that. So we, we probably need, 
need to wrap up. This was really actually a yeah. really awesome conversation. I've really enjoyed this and we definitely will have to have everyone back and do another like developer talk follow up on some other topics. A lot of fun. I want to propose two ideas to to the group. Um you know, my I don't not everything that I say is something that I is like something that I core believe, but I like to throw it out there to get us thinking about it. So the first one is, Anton, you said like, right, like WordPress, the plugin repository doesn't allow things like frameworks and things like that libraries into the repository because it has to have some feature. So what I say is anybody who wants to get a library into WordPress.org, you fork Hello Dolly, you change the text and make that the functionality to the user, and then you Amazing. bury your framework or library in it. This can be an that. Occupy movement. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Occupy, Occupy Dolly. Occupy Elo Dolly. Well, I was actually going to say, and to my second, to my second point. It feels like at some point we need almost a second foundation like an Occupy WP where we can rally developers in the community together to push changes into where we do where we are the uh, perhaps the vocal majority and not the powerful minority, right? Like at some point maybe if there was just sheer numbers of people who agree and are doing this work and are pushing this code forward and I don't know. I mean Careful, James. I know, right? It's okay. Like I said, I don't necessarily believe that's what we should do except for the framework library thing i think that's totally reputable like put a put in a function you know create just create a hello dolly that has your library or framework in it and you're just, good to go just choose a different musical just, just, yeah, just choose a different a music musical. be hello yeah. chicago i mean chicago i mean <laughs> I mean, you do whatever you want right and just do that now you've added functionality and you've gotten your uh, your library into the repo uh, so that's, makes, that makes perfect sense that's me just trying Brilliant. to help the community I just, I'm just full of ideas over here. You're full of something. Occupy WP. Occupy, yeah, see, no, I figured somebody already thought about it. <laughs> Occupy Hello Dolly.org. That's true, because that's even more, uh, I think, code name for the project. Oh, my God. It, it, it's just such a, uh, I love it. I love I'll, everything about it. So the, I'm just, I'm, hey, listen, the, my role is, is I am an idea and John's generator. like already like, it's done. <laughs> John's, John already bought the domain, <laughs> OccupyHelloDolly.com. Uh, anyway, uh, John, why don't, why don't you uh, take us home? Yeah, um, just a few closing thoughts from my end. I think it's been great having you with us. Um, it's definitely given me a different perspective on like the undercurrents in the WordPress community and not being a developer on a day-to-day -day basis. I, w we, I guess we don't get to feel these tensions in the community. So it's been great to have this insight into what's happening. Um, I think it's worrying from a business perspective and that if we, ha we are driving away, especially younger, developers who might not find WordPress sexy enough to enter the, the space or even more older developers who are advanced and feel these frustrations that we've been talking about. This has this will have ramifications, business ramifications on all the people in the community in the future. So it's something that we need to be taking seriously. And, you know, if there is some possibility of putting pressure, we should be doing so. Um, so having said that, I I really appreciate the insights that Carl and Anton and Kevin have been giving us today. And hopefully we'll do this again sometime soon. And in the meantime, um, I would like to know one, just one question. Um, 
where can people like me who are like amateur developers and who want to know how standards should be done what are the resources that we can turn to in order to educate ourselves outside of obviously the wordpress core and the closed community that's surrounded surrounding that well for one you can go to carl alexander's blog for sure <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Oh, well that's, thank you that was gonna thank be my you. thing Oh, uh, really? Sorry. And then, yeah. of course, where does Carl get his... From uh, um, PHP the right way, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, PHP the right way um, is, a good, is a great resource. Uh, no question about it. If you want to know what's going on in the rest of the PHP community, or if you want to be up, yeah. to, up to standards around that, PHP the right way is definitely the, uh, the, the way the to go. Jeffrey Way um, does uh, Laracast, which is also really good. He's actually in Chattanooga, which is very near us. Um, mm-hmm. So, so Laracast is a good good thing to 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 hook up to to get you some good Lara- some good Laravel PHP. Well, and it's not and not always just Laravel, but That's good true. PHP principles yeah. on there that are that yeah. are actually really good. Yeah. I don't I don't have anything myself because, like I said, I wear a big pink cowboy hat. I mean, I don't, I can't. People are like, how do you find ideas? I'm just I'm just like, I want this to exist in WordPress. And then I just reverse kind of yeah. what what are all the concepts needed for somebody to be able to do this. And then I just teach all of them yeah. <laughs> up to the point. <laughs> I'm, I'm awesome. working my way towards dependency injection slowly <laughs> for Anton uh, to talk about that. But it's actually a complicated enough uh, concept that it requires a bit of foundation before you can just kind of jump into it. Um, because again, I, I treat this as something that you're coming in and you don't know anything. So I right. really want to offer all the building blocks um, in that respect. Awesome. Anton, do you have anything to add in terms of resources from your end? Well, in terms of resources, uh, I was just going to offer Carl to team up. He writes and I and I develop standards and, and easy <laughs> implementations from where people can learn. And I'm not joking. I mean, I have um, about over 50 repositories at different degrees of complexity and completion now, uh, which represent multiple layers of different standards and standards implementations. And I think that uh, a lot of uh, Carl's readers would uh, really like seeing that kind of code because it's really good documented. It's got 100% or close code coverage. It uh, implements uh, good uh, good practices, totally compatible with uh, PSR. So uh, yeah, that's my kind of resource, you know. And actually, this is how this is how I got the idea to, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about maybe Jean will do a blog with Carl Alexander one day, and then bam, Jean invites <laughs> me, you know, because what I find what I found amazing about about Carl's blog is that he's got this kind of steady, kind patience that I just don't have. You know, he doesn't like rant about things in his blog. He really calmly teaches people how to do it right bit by bit. You know, I was thinking of starting a blog to teach people how to write, but I just don't have that kind of patience. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I find it amazing. I, yeah, uh, I try to, I mean, I'm, you know, there's a, there's a kind of stereotypical angry developer. So I try not to be the stereotypical angry developer. I also, a good resource that you made me think of is just um, just out, look outside your comfort zone. Um, don't be scared to, to kind of uh, look at what the rest of PHP is doing, but also elsewhere. Like, I'm a big fan of just, um, there's a lot of great developers out there, and they're all teaching some things. And I follow, most of the developers I follow aren't even PHP devs, um, because 
everybody has kind of programming is this great thing where the language is only kind of an implementation detail for for a lot of of things and there's a lot to learn from looking just outside uh your kind of closed community uh at what other people are doing what other people are saying um so there's a lot to learn there too awesome so close it off Carl, thank you very much. Where can people you. find you on the web? Uh, you can find me at carlalexander.ca and also uh, on Twitter, uh, TwigPress. Awesome. Anton? Well, you can visit the DHII organization on GitHub and see some uh, code of mine and some people who sometimes help me out. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. And uh, Kevin? Uh, Twitter is at kstover. And uh, anything Ninja Forms related, I'm probably there somewhere. Awesome. As usual, thank you for tuning in to Mastermind.fm. If you have any questions, just email us on podcast at Mastermind.fm. And we'll see you in the next episode. Have a good week, everyone. All the best. Thank you.